This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hi, welcome to Suicide Buddies on Feral Audio. Before we get started with the episode, we just want you to know this is a show where we joke around about suicide because we've had suicidal thoughts and dealt with it in our friends and family a lot. So we deal with it by joking around about it. We're not joking because we don't think it's a serious matter. So if you're depressed, feeling suicidal, please stop this podcast right now and call 1-800-273-TALK. They're there 24 hours a day and they will help you through it. They're great. You have other options. You are loved. I promise you. Because I love you. Official sponsor, uh, pow, I just shit my dick, Dave. <laughs> pow, my body's exploding, Dave. I'm full of coffee and I can't stop shitting out of every orifice. Because it just coffee.coop, the unofficial sponsor of Suicide Buddies, uh, the America's new favorite premiere podcast. Oh, I thought we were doing like a, like a fake, uh, a short fake episode of a podcast called Pow, I Just Shit My Dick. <laughs> Which is maybe a podcast we should also do. <laughs> yeah, spinoff. Sister app. Uh, sister pod. Sister pod. Pow, you know, I should shit my dick. <laughs> Suicide Buddies. And our more serious show. <laughs> it's just insanely like horrifying news stories that just should be covered. Stu- stuff about... It, 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 I just shit my dick. <laughs> That's how angry, angry we get about Charlottesville <laughs> and neo-Nazis. Oh man, that uh, that song for that we got for the intro, man. Yeah, that's our new, that's our theme song. Uh, we didn't mention it last week Cause we because we weren't sure we we didn't know we'd get it, and we haven't re- as of recording this, we haven't released anything. So yeah, yeah, it's all it's all being locked away in the vault. Yeah, but it'll Boys. come out of the vault, uh, <laughs> the Disney vault. We're throwing it in the Disney vault. Yeah, only once every seven years will we release the same episode of this podcast. Uh, I can't no, that song, our theme song, is called "I Don't Want to Go." It's by Coco Hames off her first solo record that's out now on Merge Records. It's a self-titled album, also called Coco Hames. C O C O. H-A-M-E-S. She's great. She was so nice to give us this song. It's so good. Yeah, I'm so, so happy good. with this. She's, yeah, she's so great. She was in the New Pornographers for a minute. Uh, she was the lead singer of the band The Ets, E-T-T-E-S, if you know them. They're great, too. Uh, yeah, check her out, please. And that'll be our theme song forever. You have such cool friends, man. Hey, thanks, man. You got cool friends. Thanks, dude. <laughs> I don't have any I barely friends. know her. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. We're 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 friends. We're lovers. No, you. But the other dude, <laughs> yeah, we were I just we were yeah, we're married. I don't yeah, know her. Turns out, oh man, we we're really hoping my wife would give us that song. <laughs> <laughs> we got it, man. Um, um, she's I, not my wife. She's someone's wife. My, uh, anyway, um, yeah, I you get can't it. not. 
do uh you cannot as a matter of fact do i make you jim carrey baby i like to do quotes from movies what were you saying about papa roach Oh, I was just like, I can't believe we didn't bring up Papa Roach for the first episode. Is that because they they make you want to kill yourself? (laughs) No, dude. I love that song, Last Resort. Like, I think it's such a fun song to do, like, push-ups to and do, like, lame workout to. Also, Cut My Life Into Pieces is... is some suicide shit. You no, know? it's just him talking about wanting to kill himself. Oh, is that what that song's about? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's I didn't just know about that. that. And it's it was like a teen suicide kind of anthem, you know, like oh. at the time. I was thinking that also. I was just like, are, there are like a bunch of songs. Oh yeah, that are like related to suicide. I guess Nirvana probably touched on it once or twice. And that band Unwritten Law had that song, Teenage Suicide. I love that song when oh, I really? was in high school. Yeah, I like them. I didn't get enough into them, though. They got really into being like uh, a sort of like beach reggae what? band. That's what They sound like fucking Pepper now. Do you know that band, Pepper? Wow. Or like... Uh, what's the other band? Dude, you like have the that? coolest friends. Thanks, man. <laughs> Slightly stupid. Those are my homies. <laughs> yeah, man. I was hanging out with the Cottonmouth Kings the other day, and I was like, "Can I use your suicide song for my show?" And they were like, "No, shut up, queer." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Is like, I'm like, you know, she's so nice to give us this, this song, but honestly, my dream song maybe would be to open up every podcast with. And then we're just like, oh, we're, we're here with the stank cast. We're getting <laughs> yeah. nasty. And the, you know, I don't know. It, it just becomes ultra. It would, it would make our podcast a little bit more bro, which but we some still, say we need. It's still called Suicide, but it's called Suicide Bros. Suicide uh, Bro, dog. That was tossed out. That was definitely tossed out. Suicide for Kings. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you ever see that movie? Uh, yeah, it's great. Oh, well, I've never seen it. Like It's um, the one with... Uh, Christopher Walken, right? Sure. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, I know that. Were they like mobsters? Shay Moore's in it, right? And it's mobsters. Shay but Moore. is it actually... It's, I mean, it's not like Christopher Walken wants to kill himself. Right? I don't think That's so. Not, no. Not like, I don't remember the movie. You know what <laughs> I would like to do? Just wrap my lips around a shotgun barrel. <laughs> I'm tired of being alive. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you would just crack up if Ever he told you Joe he Dirt. was. If he was. T- <laughs> 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 he told you how depressed he was. Nah, he's still really cool. Actually, he kills it on Conan he's every great. time. You know, stuff like uh, that. It's been downhill ever since the Weapon of Choice video. In my, in Ooh, my opinion, that was that was honestly that the, was choice. the apex of his career. <laughs> yeah. If you think about it, it isn't that no good. talking at all. <laughs> <laughs> Two mice fell into a bucket of butter. <laughs> one of the mice drowned instantly. The other one the gave other me my father's watch. <laughs> the other mouse took my father's watch and he shoved it so far up my ass. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I love butter. I love butter. It's, <laughs> this has been an ad for butter. Uh, pull back. It's an ad for butter. You know what the other Welcome way that they end, they end every sketch with is they put up like, R.I.P. Gary. He died doing this. Who? They just throw. It's not, not always Gary, but what I'm saying is they always Who's throw. they? <laughs> what are you talking the about? The media, dude. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I said how they've popularly been ending sketches. Sketch, sketch comedy. Just generally, yes. Okay. Have you not noticed that they're dedicated to dead people? Yeah, they'll end a sketch as like in dedication to a fake character. Oh no, I've literally seen this on Tim and Eric SNL. 
I don't know. Did women do it one time? Uh, what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be like accusatory. I just was making I'm a reference. I, so it's like, not that I took it as being accusatory. You really just, stopped me. You're like sketch comedy. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> my baby. I literally no no no. I literally had no clue what you were talking about. Oh, That's I'm so why sorry. I was reacting that. No, it, that's crazy. Uh, I'm gonna kill I, myself. It's funny because I definitely always like go off on like this is something in comedy. I'm sure everyone else is obsessed about and. Oh yeah, lost I their mean, minds. Sorry, it sounded like I jumped down your throat. I literally no. just was confused. I um, you know, I'm an alarmist. boy, we're both too sensitive. <laughs> well, that's why we have a suicide podcast. <laughs> Which By I'm the way, so happy we're creating and doing. It's so much fun. The first episode was so much fun, yeah. and uh, and I I'm really excited. Well, first of all, I'm just really excited to do this. I'm excited that it's just going to be you and me. <laughs> we'll have guests, but no, we've shut them out. They're yeah, dead. Yeah. They're dead to us. No thanks. <laughs> Uh, but I'm also like excited to be talking about uh, these suicides in history just because I'm like way more of a history nerd than I realize. <laughs> and if you have, su- if you're listening and you have a suggestion of one that you'd like us to talk about that you think is particularly interesting or just someone that you really like, you should email us. We just uh, literally just made an email. Just okay. now. Uh, and the email. Suicide it, Buddies was taken. Okay, so don't bother that guy. <laughs> whoever that is. <laughs> whoever, the, whoever that guy is who already made an email at Suicide Buddies, you're <laughs> fucked up. Yeah, dude. dude. Maybe email him and just. Do you have a podcast that's nice being mediocre? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What if that's Bill Burr's email for his podcast? <laughs> uh, no, our email is buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com. That's true. The word buddies three times but at, at Gmail. I typed it out and we were like, well, that's really lame. We and laughed so fucking <laughs> hard. So hard. <laughs> we were like, it would be insane to do that. Equally as insane as already grabbing suicide buddies before you have a wildly successful podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, geez, dude, I love that because it also makes a little levity. Like, say, if you want to write us, which we're also going to take, if you just have any like insight into uh, suicide, Suicide or any sort of comments that you want to direct to us, please write us. But we also think that's a good way to like deter any dark thoughts. Yeah, you know, just it'll make you at least giggle having to write buddies three times. Buddies, buddies, buddies. You know what? I'm over it. The joke's not funny anymore. Buddies, <laughs> you got to say it like that too. Buddies, buddies, buddies. buddies. <laughs> it's a song. We're what am I into this point. summer? Buddies, buddies, and buddies. <laughs> and I'm all out of buddies. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to make friends. <laughs> hyper aggressive friend maker. Yeah, yeah. It's a good character. Hey, what's up? I'm a hyper aggressive friend maker. What's your name? I used to do a bit with a um a girlfriend that was just like always like a law advertisement. It was just like I'm I think it was like I'm Nigel Hubbard and I need a friend. And just like Do you need someone to talk to? I need a friend. Now. Have you recently been involved in an accident or not involved in an accident and need a friend? I need one. Now. Anyway, it's not that funny. Nah. Uh, as most as most relationship bits are, they they're never truly funny to other people. Yeah, you know. But it's fun to date. <laughs> You said that so funny. Oh my god! Yeah, you know, but you still you gotta put it's your fun dick to somewhere. be in a relationship you with gotta, somebody. I love someone to get to know another I person. Totally agree. <laughs> I am hundred percent on board with human interaction as a necessity. I, and if you have dark thoughts, my god, that is a, that's a wonderful way to. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, should you date if you're suicidal? Should you date? Yes. Should you like? That's I mean, interesting, right? Because. I think you should definitely do self work. Yes. 
but, but it's also like it's really almost inhuman to separate yourself from that part of life because it is a really common thought to be like well is it fair to this other person mm-hmm. to be going through this awful thing uh, because it is undeniably putting them through something and if you're a good person uh, or if you at the least know that it's bad to hurt others and like drag them through the mud with you you kind of think like well that's not fair but like you said you really can't divorce yourself from that part of your life. You want human contact. You want human interaction. And yeah. like, you just rea- want to do it constructively and, and well, you know, like, um, if it's a toxic sort of situation, you know, that's maybe a different, you know, that's a different thing, I think, because then it's like, you, you just need for, to get out of a bad relationship. You know what I mean? Right. But, well, and then also you have like, to listen to the other person, but, right? And if they're like, not yeah. up for it, then you definitely need to not be together and you need to take care of it. I think it's also, it. though, kind of though crazy to assume somebody comes 100% complete, you know? Sure. It's like, what What are you going to teach that person if if they're already, like, perfect? How's that work, really, you know? Dude, that's what, true. Where's, where's the progress or anything? You know, anyway, I mean, well, then where's the fun like- <laughs> of finding a middle ground and, like, finding a compromise and learning how to live with another person? Mm-hmm. That's part of the fun of a relationship. And... Yeah. You know, you also... I, I mean, love compromises, dude. It's dude. Like, I get so hard for yeah, compromise. <laughs> well, it's the only thing that makes me come. <laughs> I think um, it, but it, it, it's all important to the general topic, which is like, you know, if you have depressive thoughts, I think the real conversation is, what are you going to change in your life? Yeah. What, what are you willing to, like, put on the line and, you know, look at and, and go, okay, I fucked up here, or like, you know, I'm to blame here. And maybe it's other people to blame in other areas, and I just have to deal with that. Now it's right. my turn to just deal with the fact that that person's a shitty person. You know? Right. I mean, yeah, you know, it took me a long time to realize, and I'm still realizing right now, is like, other people can do... And you hear rhetoric about this all the time. Other people can do something shitty, but your reaction is on you. Yeah, yeah. And that's especially... uh that's especially true when you're reacting with extreme emotion. Like if someone's a dick to you and it mm-hmm. makes you angry, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But if someone's a dick to you and it makes you so angry that you can't focus on anything and you're mad for an entire day, there's something else going on. Yeah, no, yeah. Absolutely. dude, man, there's like times where people like said something shitty about like uh, my stand up that like I'll post up a, a set that was on TV and I'm like proud, you know? And then like somebody will say the thing that just like, you know, it's yeah. like a shitty Hits comment. Yeah, yeah, they'll be like, it's, he's like John Mulaney or something, or like, he's like Aziz Ansari. Like, literally, they'll say, like, everybody. And then I'll, I would stew on that for, like, three days, you know, like, just so mad. And I was like, you know, the probably the reason I feel that way is because that material was, like, a little hacky, and I maybe know that. You're insecure about it. Sure. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, and then I was like, wait a second, they're, they're just jealous. <laughs> That's my that's my way I can solve the wound is I'm just like, well, everyone's just jealous yeah. of how awesome I am. Well, and you know that and like, I, you know what, man? I that's um, not that's not healthy. That's not what you should do. So I I would imagine that at least a few people are listening to this having known me from my last podcast terrified. I talked about uh depression and anxiety and fear and stuff there and I ended that podcast at the end of 2015 and uh the reason I did in large part was that I wanted to die. That's true. I don't know if I've ever actually admitted that, but that was the most, that was the closest I've ever come into killing myself. Jeez. That point in my life. And I, 
I did a bunch of things. I changed so many things in my life because I, I was with a girl at the time and we were talking and I had been really depressed and she was crying and she was like begging me to tell her how I feel. And I said out loud the phrase, I'm garbage. <laughs> and then I realized like, I don't wish. To be fair, you are garbage. Thank you. <laughs> uh, pow! Pow! I just uh, shit your heart. <laughs> um, you know, I don't wish that feeling on anyone. Yeah, and and so I was like, okay, I fe- I feel that I should die, and so I have two options: to either do that mm. or stay alive. Mm-hmm. And to stay alive, I need to feel better. And so I did these things to feel better. I ended the podcast because the podcast was talking about depression every single week, and it was like literally pulling me back at, down into depressive thoughts. Yeah, I stopped going to therapy. Because it was a reminder. I now go again, but I needed a break. I I started working out. I started like getting in shape. I started actively Dude, I was seeking say. out my friends and and like just sort of like making sure to put myself around people, adding a lot more positivity to my life. And the reason I say that is that we're on this topic of like you can make changes, right? Yeah, you have options. The at the lowest of the low, there are changes that can be made that will make you feel better. I, I promise you. Yeah, that. you at least feel like you're making positive steps. Yeah, you know, it's like, what's the worst feeling in the world? Is feeling like you've done nothing or that you have no worth. So it's like if you start putting down, kind of like laying down brickwork of like self worth, yeah, and, and achievements. It's something that you can then like stand on, you know. And ironically enough, I think this podcast for both Hampton and I is one already one of those things. Well, like, yeah, tr- truthfully, like I feel like career wise right now, I'm at a real like. You know, I need to make things happen because yeah. there's no one trying to help me right now. <laughs> right. Like, it's like, it would seem successful at some ends just because, like, I write and perform on a television show, but that's like not paying a ton of money. And it's like, you really have to figure out the rest of your life. And it's like, you know, moving in with a girlfriend and trying to just, like, become an adult or, like, you know, have any sort of security going forward. Because there will come an eventual day where I'm, like, the wrestler. Yeah. Where I'm just, like, beat up and not funny anymore and not good enough and everything like that. And Yeah. You know, so it's like, it's all these... Anyway, you know, it's like I'm going off on here kind of, like, my own anxieties here. No, but, but I know I'm just what you saying, mean, like, like, paying attention I, but, to what but, it takes to feel all right. But the, then all week, I've been so happy thinking about what we're going to do with this podcast and stuff. Like, yeah. looking up the person I was going to bring in. And just, like, I love investing in, like, my own creative endeavors. It's it, I only feel shame and embarrassed when I go hat in hand to other places and be like, please yeah. cast me in this or please like me. Man, nothing, nothing reminds you that you are a worthwhile person more than being proactive about what you love and wearing proactive and wearing proactive and and wearing (laughs) axe body spray (laughs) pow pow axe body spray uh yeah like being proactive gives you self-worth and self-worth is like is the thing that keeps you alive it i mean the first thing that did for me was stand-up I didn't even know I was so like I've always been depressive but I was so down on myself and I didn't even realize I how down on myself I was until stand up made me feel like I was contributing something yeah to myself yeah and the world, yeah yeah you know that's important that's yeah. exactly what we're talking about it's like it's almost like get a little selfish man yeah build up your own self-esteem that's the thing is like well usually for people who are depressed it's like you have such little self-esteem but it's like be a little selfish to, you know, start, yeah. start building up your own ego. Dude, you know what a really big, big change, maybe the, the most helpful change I made in 2015 at the end of that year was I, 
I've always been this like for years sitting around. I you know I have a bunch of friends in L.A. sitting around wondering why no one's texting me to hang out <laughs> and letting it just send yeah. me into a tailspin. And then around that time, I was like, you know what? At the very least, uh, yeah, maybe maybe everyone I know is like always thinking fuck him right but i could be proactive about it right yeah yeah. Yeah. it's a facebook group yeah this is okay these these jokes are horrifying uh i'm kidding uh so i just started texting all the people i love all the time and not even half of them always got back to me yeah but a lot of them did and then I was the guy to them that was reaching out to them. It was like yeah, yeah. great for me and great for them. And then I like ended it's, up getting. That's to, when I got closer to, to you. As a matter of fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start hanging out more. I think it's hard to put yourself out in line. And I've done that same thing, and it takes a long time for me. Usually, it's for fear of rejection from the yeah. people closest to you. My big thing is I feel like I let people down a lot, you know, and stuff like that. So it's like you just want to avoid those relationships, even the ones closest to you, because you're like. I'll just let that person down. Yeah. So anyway, that, I mean, that's, you know, like the kind of the bad kind of selfish thinking. You need positive selfish thinking. You, you need to be inside your own brain. That's where it gets selfish. But you need it to be, uh, you know, good you things. To, it's okay to take <laughs> care of yourself. Is that oversimplifying? It needs no. to be good things. Put in the good things. I don't think it's selfish if it's self-care. Do right? you listen to like <laughs> sad music when you get sad? Uh, like, do you, I do. do. Do you like live in it? I don't live in it. Um, I like to make sad playlists. Oh, sure. Stuff like that. Do you think that that's a, a positive or negative thing? I think, think it's it just embracing. Through? I like to embrace the depression a little bit. Sure. I mean, I'm not taking any, any medication. So it's kind of just like, where are the winds going to blow this ship? You know, like, am I going to feel happy or sad? You know, like, yeah, whatever. There's no stabilization. But I mean, I feel like it's not. It's like I'm I'm enticed by the, the elements of creativity that depression brings. I mean, it makes me think about like fun, interesting suicides. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. It makes me think of like, you know... I don't take medication You don't take yourself so seriously suddenly, you know? Yeah. It takes a lot. You mean when you lean into depression a little bit, you don't take yourself so seriously? Well, you take yourself ultra seriously, and then it like starts to flip, right? Especially for me. I mean, just as a comic, you know what I mean? It's like, if I get to that point where I'm like, I am just absolutely garbage. Yeah. It's somehow easy for me to flip that and just be like, what am I even doing? Interesting. Like, I've got to go get groceries. Like, I'll just allow something to come into my brain. Is like, you can't be this, you know, like in the zone right now. You got to. Yeah. Like, look at look at yourself. Right. That's interesting. My own, I, want, my I don't own think sadness it's as easy is, for is me. stupid to me. You know what I mean? So it's like. Well, that's great. Eventually. You're just I, like what the fuck? I don't think I, I. I know for a fact not everyone's like that. I, I think that's fascinating. But I, for me, like man, I can stay there forever. I have to actively pull myself out of depression. It doesn't happen that quickly. It's uh, good that you know how to like deal with it, though. Yeah. Turns out we're different. <laughs> you and I. What? Um, <laughs> well, we should uh, get to this break. history. Yeah, man. yeah. Let's take a quick you break. You want to tease it real quick? Who yeah. is it? Uh, the person we're going to be talking about is Florence Lawrence. Oh, I love the name already. The f- what? The first celebrity uh, actor, actress in, in America or any history. She's the first. Wow, really? Yep. yep. 
Wow. Okay, I can't wait. Cool. Yeah. Top suicide hits coming up with suicide is painless. Who does that song? The I Mash theme song. <laughs> I think it was performed by Mash. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They were a band. Alan Alda. Him's <laughs> <laughs> him's uh, a kooky little character in Mash. I don't know. It's pretty grim television. Yeah, the Korean War, and that was like prime time number one show for families. It's so crazy that that show was that popular with such dark subject matter. Wasn't it during the Vietnam War? So they were talking about the Korean War. Anyway, it's just, just mind-blowing to me that was like funny. Yeah. It's like, his hand got blown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. All right, here we go. Let's uh, get into a, a historical suicide that is of interest to me. Now, Dave, this uh, story takes place turn of the century. Whoa. The older century, not the 2001. recent one. 2001. Yeah. <laughs> 9-11. It was 9-11. All the people who jumped out of the towers. Um, no, it's... Uh, wow. Actually, we should probably do... Yeah, we'll touch on that. We'll, yeah, get, yeah. we'll get to like mass tragedy kind of There was stuff so like much that. suicide that day. <laughs> There was good and bad. There you was. know, there was good and bad suicide on both sides. Yeah, <laughs> what can I say? I think this is fresh in our mind because literally September eleventh. We're it recording this on September twelfth. Yeah, uh, always forget September eleventh, the day we all fa- found out that Ted Cruz masturbates. <laughs> Where were you <laughs> when the ball sat when that, fell? When that hand fell. <laughs> Uh, All right, I'm going to try and get into this without being too silly. Or maybe it's just silly enough. I don't know, be silly Feel as free as to jump dude, in, buddy. Dude, I mean, I want to get silly about suicide. So, uh, she was born Florence Bridgewood in Hamilton, Ontario. Uh, so, she's Canadian. And she was born into a pretty okay family, like well-to-do. Her dad like ran a business, and her mom was involved in vaudeville. And uh, she kind of started teaching her at a young age and be in productions and become an actress. And she went to school, and she learned... At her school, I thought this was crazy, uh, she learned horseback riding and, like, all this, like, super, like, aggressive sports kind of stuff, which I love that, like, you would learn horseback riding at school. That used to be a thing. <laughs> like, it was important for you to learn right. how to ride a horse. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> like, drive it, driver's ed. And you can assume this is probably, like, you know, kind of country uh, folk living, you know, sort of. Sure. And, uh... So, at the time, in society, we didn't have uh, movies just yet. And, um, you know, vaudeville was kind of like the popular thing. And everybody who was in vaudeville, they were the first people that were taken up by movies. So, the minute, uh, talk, you know, mo- moving pictures. I was about to say talkies. <laughs> that takes a bit longer. Wait, is this the woman that Sunset Boulevard is about? Or based on? No, no. Okay. No. All right. That's a good movie, though. I yeah. only just saw that like a year ago. It's it was great. really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was like kind of creeped out. Um, no, but this is kind of like... this. What's so interesting to me about the story, it is all of the classic Hollywood like tropes happened to the first celebrity. Wow. You okay. know, so she... Uh, this, this girl, Florence uh, Bridgewood, uh, as these... Uh, moving pictures start taking off, right? And these are getting played in every city. It suddenly is a whole different dynamic, right? Because vaudeville, it's like you had to go to those certain 
towns they had to mm-hmm. be there on a certain day uh and theater we're only in like major cities and like you know so there's no famous actors there's none you know like it was kind of like a really horrible profession being an actor was borderline being like a prostitute or something sure like that, yeah you know and so but it was you know more fun of course <laughs> than that but i mean like you know you didn't make a lot of money or anything like that right so i think it's dw griffith uh, one of the first guys, I think that's who Griffith Park is named after. He's like, you know, casting movies and stuff. And uh, he casts her in something because she knows how to ride a horse. No way. She, yeah, she knows how to ride a horse really well. So she starts working in a couple pictures. And then immediately she's like, I'm going to go to Hollywood. There's this new place being developed called Hollywood, right? Like that's wow. just blowing up because it's the one city in America where it's like, it's pretty good weather. Most of the time you can shoot year round. So that's where all movies start to get shot, right? Right. So she moves down there gets picked up by a company called biograph i think pictures it's biograph something it's uh so the way things work there is like actors are just like you know mules you know it's just like we put she was in cumulatively in her life in 300 films whoa you know and these are films probably since she's at the inception you know very quick things at the beginning like a little romance story you know very quick and yeah. up till like you know feature length you know so she's right there in the zeitgeist of you know these things get, you know, getting made so they hadn't really written the rules of how that was going to go so she's in these movies suddenly for biograph pictures you know they only got a couple girls but then she starts getting recognized right because she's got interesting features she's 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 nice to look at i guess and and then people start writing the company just being like we like that girl the biograph girl so she gets known as the biograph uh yeah the biograph girl right huh okay so all these letters start coming in and she's like okay i'm gonna uh like I'm popular. I can fight for something, you know, like I can fight for double the wage. And she got like, uh, her own dressing room and all this stuff. Like the first time any celebrity was like making these sort of demands asking for extra, yeah, yeah, asking for extra and being like, look, I'm popular. Right. So the studios got like really freaked out about that. Um, but they allowed it and they started giving her, uh, uh, more money and, uh, more affluence. So (laughs) then, um, uh, cough. <laughs> uh, she moves to another company. Now, this dude who runs this company is like such a charlatan kind of like huckster, you know, salesman. It's, it's the independent movie company. I think it is like how long ago this was. It was just like it was IFC. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally when they just you know, it's moving picture company it's what we do and biograph I think was just like they would do bio- biography you know pictures. oh sure like, yeah biograph pictures I think but that probably wasn't the case um, I think <laughs> but I'm wrong uh, I, I think they did other stuff too but that was like their main bread and butter you know sort of thing again they no one knew what was going to be like successful that's the thing is also like comedy really changed all of like uh, movies because that's like a very like transferable language just like body language watching somebody fall down right and it just excites a crowd it's uh, you know it plays out way better than drama at the time you know so that's why that charlie chaplin became like this huge you know gigantic star yeah so she kind of though led led this other life so she gets um uh 
really more traditional to the tragic Hollywood story. So she gets, uh, you know, more and more work. She's getting discovered. She gets uh, bought up by independent movie pick. Uh, what is it? Independent movie company. And so this guy uh, who owns the company, he starts like a publicity stunt thing where he says, "We just got the Biograph girl from uh, this company. She's dead." And he just announces that she's dead. Starts announcing it to more and more places. The story gets way out of control. Where it's like um, she died in a streetcar like disaster that took out other people and like no one's you know found the body even you know like so it was just to build up that then they could go like you know a little while later like she's alive and she's making a new picture with independent movie Whoa. company like he just. You know, totally, sure. totally scam people. And then he would do other stuff, which was so disturbing that he would hire fake goons, like in crowds, like create a mob and then just like start ripping her clothes off. Whoa. Like, I, I don't know, like, how. Would far they that tell would go. her that this was happening? Yeah, she's in on it. So that's the other thing is she's so savvy. She's so smart. Like, she really, like, saw, like, opportunity with, like, uh, moving pictures. She totally went in for these scams. Like she loved it, right? Okay. Because she's becoming this gigantic star, right? It, relative sort of to like the fun to mess with yeah. her audience. And, she becomes one yeah. of the highest paid, you know, uh, people uh, in uh, her field. Uh, starts doing even more pictures. Uh, then eventually uh, uses that money and forms a company. She's one of the first studio heads in Hollywood. She formed it with her husband. Wow. And uh, she. During this time of making tons of money and, and forming studios, she starts driving cars. She's driving cars all the time. You know, it's this thing that not a lot of people are doing, especially sure. not a lot of women are doing. She's And she's killing it with it. And what was the name of the studio she started? Victor Studios. Oh, okay. Right? I think yeah. that was... I it. wanted it to be like Sony. <laughs> Like, <laughs> she's like, Sony. hire James Franco and Seth Rogen and have them bring your company to the brink of bankruptcy in a in hundred years. Uh, so she's driving a car and she invents the first turn signal. Right, because no. people were getting in accidents all the time. So she's like, she invented a contraption. It's not like lights. It was just like a thing with a sign for like, you know, a right arrow, a left arrow, and a stop. Huh? She came up with that. Didn't patent it. Wow. But she's the first person to do that. And then, like within a couple years, like it became every more, car. Had yeah, it. a lot of people started figuring out like we're all crashing our cars. Like, yeah, yeah. you know. So like, wow. Kind of, so like an amazing person, an amazing person yeah. who's got like a lot of. Um, you know, it, 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 creativity to her, you know. Um, but her husband that she kind of forms Victor's studios with is he's a drunk and, you know, he's kind of, he's a director also and an actor. And he's helping her with all this stuff. But I mean, he's also very controlling and they'd get in like public arguments and stuff. And he'd threaten suicide all the time, you know, that he was going to kill himself. Okay. He was her second husband and he, he was kind of like, if you were to look at the retrospective of her life, he was probably like a big part of it. You know, they were married for 12 years, but it was very. It, it, that was when she made all her money. That was when everything sure. was happening kind yeah. of to her, you know? So, um, she hurts her back, uh, doing a fall okay. on a movie and, uh, like has to kind of retire for a little bit, you know, like she's like, I'm, I'm a huge star, but I have to stop because my back hurts. There's conflicting stories where she might've gotten burned also, but like huh. she hurts herself. Right. And okay. so she takes a two year break and that killed it for her. Really? She tried to come back and made two flops. Just everyone forgot about her. Everyone forgot about this person. Then it's like she takes another like two years off, co- tries to come back, 
you know, very, it's always very dramatic. It's like, I'm coming back, you know, and then yeah. it just flops. And then she, all the money that she made starts getting lost in the stock market crash. Oh. She, um, uh, they, like she got her dream estate, lost it, you know, like, uh, everything was kind of, uh, going down the drain for her. And then she, uh, killed herself at the age of, uh, I want to make sure I get this right, but it's, uh, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. 52. She died at 52. Wow, so young. By eating. <laughs> this is where it gets pretty grim. She ate, ate cough syrup and ant paste. Whoa. To what kill is herself. Ant paste. Ant paste. It's just like. Pesticides? Yeah. Like awful pesticide that probably wow. hurts like shit to eat. Holy shit. And she left a suicide note. Uh, yeah, I mean, ant paste. I had, I tried to find any, like what, what, you know, like, is there any of that around still? Yeah. I've never even heard of that. Yeah. And this is the, the suicide note. She left, uh, her husband at the time and, um, no wait, or is her housemate, I guess. Um, just because last time you read that guy, he had a nice poem, but this is like the other end where it's just like a lot more blunt. She's yeah. in a lot of pain at this point. If you got to imagine medication is just like, give them heroin. Like yeah, there's right. nothing that cough syrup is probably like opiate. Yeah. Level, you know what I mean? So she's probably like ODing, taking a pesticide oh and she writes just a note. Uh, Dear Bob, call Dr. Winslow. I am tired. Hope this works. Goodbye, my darling. They can't cure me. So let it go at that. Lovingly Florence. P.S. You've all been swell guys. Everything is yours. Whoa. Yeah. That's so, that's not what I expected you to say. Not because she sounded like someone who would lash out against people, but when you said blunt, I thought it was going to be her blaming people. No, but it's for just her to quick, just be like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry. Out. This hurts. I want out. They I can't totally cure respect me that. is interesting. What does that mean? What is like she, Was she referring to her depression as a disease? No, I don't think they, at that time, I did. I, mean, I didn't think so either. I don't remember. We'll have to look up when Sigmund Freud and people like that like popularized you know, psychoanalysis, but I, I imagine at the time it's like, she's sad. Well, then what does <laughs> they can't cure me mean is what I I'm asking. I think it's about her back. Oh, her back. Yeah, right. yeah. Like, I think she really hurt her back. Like, and then if you think about that, she did that. When she was like 32 or something, yeah. she hurt her back. And then by the time you're 52, I've known people who have like chronic back pain and it really gets a lot worse as you start to get older. Sure. And it just, it, it sucks and every she's, moment she's of every penniless. day. She's yeah. got no work. Her company's gone. Right. So she rose just like completely to the top. Yeah. And fell completely to the bottom. Along the way, she's like fighting for like basic rights as an actor. Like, if the company's doing well because of me, I am owed this, you know, there. She's like, Oh, yeah. What an impressive person. An impressive person. And, um, and then to see it all just get washed away because you hurt your back and then the stock market crashed. Yeah. No unions. It's like, Oh, you hurt your back making the movie. That's such an interesting. That's so, it's personally for me, that's such an interesting reason to hear someone kill themselves because like the most depressed I get happens inside my head. Mm -hmm. And it's like, sure, there are inciting events in my life, but like when I'm the, this is true, when I'm the most sad, if you ask me what's happening, uh-huh. 
I won't have an explanation. <laughs> I really just won't. It's like my brain yeah. chemistry is what it is, and I like lead myself well, so down many, different pathways. So many reasons, you know, to but want it's to just, kill yourself. For of, sure, of course. But it's just so interesting to me to hear valid. somebody be like, take a valid, like a pragmatic assessment of their own life mm-hmm. and be like my back hurts it won't get better i have no money yeah. uh, my career is not coming back i've done everything i wanted to do i know for sure it's only going to be downhill mm-hmm. so fuck it i'm out that's so yeah. interesting there's like levels also of just like she when she left like you know her second company this woman kind of came in and replaced her as like a big new starlet you know like who's going to be the next girl for the company and then towards the end of her career when she's doing flop after flop she then started doing minor character roles yeah she's no longer lead and then she started doing bit actress stuff where she's just in the background Oof. barely making any money and one of the last ones she did was for the star was that girl who came in and replaced her at like the studio she left you know like wow yeah. it was just it's just like that sort of thing it's like that's hard to take that is truly like seeing you know someone just take off under you know under you and then like you're, you they don't even remember you you know sort of thing you know yeah that's interesting though because it it is hard to take that absolutely is hard to take but but also to have been so impressive for so long um i i mean I, I could totally see, and it's fine. Like we're, I'm a different person than her uh, in every single way, basically. But I could see like being like, okay, it's not my time anymore. And, uh, <laughs> no, I just read. Uh, Doug Stanhope came out with a book about his mom killing mm-hmm. herself. Yeah, same yeah. sort of thing. Like she was just chronically ill for like so long, an incredibly long time. I'm totally like. There are certain situations where it's totally like, yeah, I'm a good call. You know, like. I especially can't say what the conditions were for this woman in like 1932. Dude, if we're talking about if we're talking about physical pain mm-hmm. and your you having nothing to do with your situation or your brain chemistry, mm-hmm. you just it just sucks all the time. Yeah, I mean, I'm someone who's like <laughs> I, I'm unfair. okay with it's assisted unfair to suicide. expect that person. It's unfair to expect that person to s- stick in. I mean, it's not like you encourage yeah. them, but you just don't blame them. But we were but Why also but we were also talking about being let down by the reality that your career is over and some other yeah. starlet is bigger than you. I mean, that's a whole other thing. Do if, you, well, do you think like say if her career was going really well and she, she you know, she just had a fucked up back that hurt? Do you think that that would be incentive to like stick around if you're like, well, everyone still loves me to this insane egomaniacal degree, you know, does that make people stick around? Well, dude, longer. That's a tough question to answer because I am not her. And so yeah. what, what's a valid reason for her would not, not yet, necessarily dude. be for me. <laughs> uh, well, pow. Uh, <laughs> I just shit, I my, just shit my, 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 my whole personality. Uh, um, but, yeah, I think that those two things are mutually exclusive. I think that if you're in constant pain and you are asking someone for assisted suicide, that's one thing. Uh, yeah. And if you are in that pain, here's what I would say. Especially if it, it's turn of the century. Here. If you're in Let's that kind of pain and you are famous and you're like, yeah, I should stay around because everyone loves me. And then that fame goes away and you're like, all right, I'm done. Then you should... 
be like, well, maybe it wasn't the pain, man. Maybe you want to die because you're not popular anymore. And you should <laughs> yeah. please find a way to deal with that because yeah, of the other exactly. people in your life. And you could find more happiness in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can't say really what like uh, medicine was like at that time. I don't know, man. I, no I really think either. it was just like, weren't they still putting like cocaine and coke and like so. heroin was like in Altoids? Well, cocaine was a big thing for Freud. He loved it, uh, dude. When I'm coked up, all you're like, it's like, I just want to fuck my dad and my mom. He would have been like the most fun partying therapist. I don't know. I, I do. He like, fucked so many of his patients. You know that dude partied. Yeah. That's why I think it would be bad to party with him. <laughs> I know. He's like such a crock. It's yeah. like, just when you're on cocaine, he's like, nah, I don't know. It's your mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. whatever. Uh, <laughs> everything's weird with your dad. What? <laughs> uh, like no one had ever blamed their parents before. <laughs> he's I like the first hipster. Blaming your dad. He's the first yeah. trust fund hipster to be like, you know, it's all your dad's fault. Yeah. <laughs> And then you're like, what? It is. <laughs> yeah. It is. All right. I can live I with think that. that. What we're talking about with this, like, her her career going under and driving you towards suicide, I think it could benefit us, you and me, yeah. and our friends a lot. Because I, man, like, because that's going to, ha- that's the thing. Like, with her, I guess I get it. Because since she was the very first person to get that exact kind of stardom, yeah. there's no there's no uh precedent set there is no other experience written down that you could draw from to learn that this happens to other people she probably was like right this only happened to me this wouldn't happen to someone else i fucked up i ruined i was the king of the world and i destroyed (laughs) it and thus i'm garbage and yeah yeah but like it's going to happen. You're going to peak, and then you're going to sort of plane down in one way or another. Yeah, that's a good point. It's and like, you need to be okay with that. That's exactly like what I was talking about at the beginning, where I'm like, hey, I have no idea what's going to happen with career. So it's like, I'd like to use my youth to like plan out for when those there's going to be a winter. <laughs> there's going to be a time oh, where yeah. you need to, like, you know, I don't know, build up some credibility or whatever, you know, like, but, um, it's hard, and and be prepared for when it goes away. Like just take it with grace. You know what I mean. A friend of mine once said to me, like years ago, uh, I was like getting all, I don't know. I was like a few years into stand up, and I'd had like a hot year, year two, and then I was like, eh, people didn't care as much, and I was bombing a lot. And, and she was like, uh, she was like, you know, I think the comedians that are the happiest are the ones that know they're not always gonna be everyone's favorite. Yeah, and I think that's so true. Yeah, that's I think true. It goes up and down. And that's why, like, I mean, I, I think that you and I are very similar in comedy in the sense that we're both people who aren't. It doesn't seem like we're going to pop. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say because we're cucks. Because we're cucks. That's, we also have that in common. We're like little bitches. Uh, yeah, look at these little bitches. We're just two little bitches. Look at them and do that little bitch humor. Little bitch stage. cucks. Wham. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you're going to c- create a suicide podcast. You such little bitches. This is uh that's our sister my manager. podcast. <laughs> Another sister podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um We're we're creating like a Joe Rogan network. Yeah. We're creating yeah. a network. Fuck squad. Fuck squad. You're on the fuck squad with the suicide yeah. bros. <laughs> Do you think about killing yourself? Kill yourself? <laughs> Good. Fuck you. 
<laughs> maybe if you did some push-ups. Holy crap! I would listen. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> let's, yeah. rebrand, let's rebrand a couple let's times. Do, tell people to do it. Cut uh, my life into pieces. You're do listening it. to the Suicide Bros. Fuck you! I got muscles. You don't. I win. <laughs> I never thought about killing myself. That's for pussies. <laughs> Every time I see a guy in a noose, I'm like, what a pussy! Wow, look at that pussy up there. <laughs> I wish I could fuck that. <laughs> I fuck pussies. Uh, no, what I meant was like we, and I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but like at least myself, I don't. I shouldn't speak for you, but I feel like myself uh, at this point that I things are going well, but it's a steady climb, and I just don't think that I'm going to be someone who gets like uber famous. I also don't want that, but I also don't think I'm just not going to like blow up even inside the comedy scene. It feels like people. <laughs> People in the comedy world need a little bit more convincing on me in general, and I'll like slowly but surely build a career. Mm-hmm. And I like that, partially because that makes the 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 decline much later and much softer. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. so. I I I know exactly what you're talking about, and like I've tried to explain that, and I haven't had the right terms, but like to my manager, and just be like, think long term yeah like because there's no way if you're banking on me like suddenly becoming like a movie star yeah me a Florence Lawrence me me, little old me I will definitely eat ant paste by the time I'm 52 (laughs) (laughs) 100% try out ant paste (laughs) dude that's such a gnarly way to die it's also a weird thing to want as a someone who's representing someone like I would like this commodity to be done in three years because that's what you're asking if you want someone to be a movie star I know and it's I, exactly it's like you know we could criticize not, your manager yeah we could criticize your <laughs> manager damn, all damn day night, dude um, yeah but I mean like I don't think the industry will ever get it I, I almost feel like it's almost pointless to complain about it it's more just like recognize it for what it is and dance around it you know figure out your own way to deal with that system yeah so, it's like what are you going to change the fact that people like up and coming hot new talent <laughs> that's, like, that's a really good point I gotta go complain to you know management yeah. about that yeah these kids need to what get if, off their phones and start looking at stand-up comedy in clubs. I think it's really telling of what Hollywood's like that the first ever Hollywood celebrity killed herself. That's like, exactly why I love this story. Yeah. It is... It's in, all the dangers of the career. In his Inside the Actor Studio, Dave Chappelle said, when I was, I was in high school, and I always remembered this, I didn't even consider being a comedian yet, and I remembered it. Uh, James Lipton was like... Do you uh, believe? Yeah. How do you like my hair? Uh, <laughs> or like thereof. Both of them, right? They're both. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, uh, this out. Um, yeah. We should just we should just end the podcast two minutes ago, right? Uh, no, he says, uh, James Lipson's like, why did you go to Africa after uh-huh. Chappelle show? Why did you feel like you needed to get out of here? That's such a reverse racist thing to say. Why did you go to Africa? <laughs> Why go to Africa? <laughs> well, I'm like simplifying it. But yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. I remember that interview. Was, I mean, everyone's seen it. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And Chappelle says, like, I needed to get out of here. I needed to be, remove myself or whatever. And, and then he says, um, well, if you think about Hollywood, like, there's strong people doing crazy shit. Mariah Carey oh, yeah. pulling her boob out on TRL. Martin Lawrence waving a gun around on Hollywood Boulevard. These are strong people doing things like that. Maybe this environment's a little fucked up. Yeah, yeah. And 
It's so true. And it's so true while also being so impossible to describe. And I've only seen it lightly, dude. And I, I tell you, like, I'm already looking for my out. I kind of want to, like, I kind of want to, like, make a couple things happen here so I don't have to live here anymore Whoa. in five years. Because it's a fucked up environment, dude, man. Dude, move to Burbank with me. Okay. <laughs> Don't, yeah, there's no Hollywood in Burbank. There's no it's, studios it's just or more anything. Ch- it's just more chill. There's there's less traffic to less, deal with. Less traffic, more fire. No, I'm being Burbank. serious. It's like it, it's such an interesting town, and I definitely have like New York friends who are always like, "This town, man, so fake and blah blah blah." I'm like, "This is literally why I love it." It's like I love that this is supposed to be a desert. All the palm trees are planted. The the water is being diverted from other parts of the state. None of this should be happening. Yeah. It's all supposed to be orchards for like, you know, oranges, you know, like there's none of this should be happening. But that's like just appreciate that it's built on this kind of insanity, this kind of lie. And it's like the studio system that first came out is exactly the same sort of studio system we have now. And every now and then come in the auteurs and the people who go, wait a second, I can just make movies with my friends. And they kind of change the game for a little bit. We're seeing that now with like YouTube and kind of like in relation to um, the big studios, right? Releasing the movies that are like $300 million and there's these huge gambles on whether or not they'll make their money back and everything like that. So therefore they treat the stars weird. And that's why you get Ben Affleck like losing his mind, you know, like, and people like that it's like you're you're playing for like chinese millions you know you're, right. you're playing for this high stakes thing and when the studios first came out with uh, Florence Lawrence there it's like at the time they were like no actors get named in movies you Whoa. there were no credits oh, it was all wow. like they knew they were like if we give these guys anything they're going to want more yeah but it's like and that kind of insane capitalism or whatever you know it, it's def- she had to fight that her whole career and then eventually it killed her you know and eventually ate her up and i think that's just that's the thing that can happen in this in this uh business and it's like you just have to be wary that it's like yeah you're playing with wolves that's kind of why i want to dip out man i actually agree <laughs> with you that that la is a great place i like it yeah i like the place i d- i also think it's so funny that it that it's real that we created it entirely to make movies and mm-hmm. have uh, have our actors and directors and producers live in a paradise that's ego. so hilarious it's, it's like literally like elysium <laughs> for ego yeah absolutely <laughs> so elysium so, that's so it's true so elysium here it's crazy but like i I've just been noticing it socially and I I mean I used to like be all about going to comedy parties and shit like that and I barely do anymore because I really like to hang out with the people I know not even to like form a podcast shit on yeah yeah, yeah Hampton uh, not even to shit on a bunch of other people it's just like it's <laughs> hard to we're all a little nuts here and it's hard to describe yeah but it puts you in a weird sort of like competitive negative headspace if you mm-hmm. let it. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard for me to stay out of that. I think uh, one thing I heard that was pretty positive uh, was I heard just Todd Glass relating that like he realized he could just tell his agents I don't want to go on auditions. Yeah. Like, and they'll take that hard but like you can totally write the rules. Like if yeah. you're tired of all the things that make you feel bad, like for me that's kind of one of the things is like I just suck at auditioning. Like, 
I'm just terrible. You know, so it's right. like, I kind of, and when you tell though your people, you're like, I don't really want to do that. They like see like literally like bags Dollar of money signs go with, away. with yeah. fat, you know, wings like floating out the window. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're right. I know. But, Maria, but I, that's why you start a podcast that suddenly sweeps the internet and uh, uh, suddenly people are committing suicide in every state. We're, we're making suicide fans everywhere. <laughs> like I totally misinterpreted what we're yeah. trying to do here. I'm going to go to the Golden Gate Bridge and make it rain. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, please kill yourself. No, no, no. No, sorry, sorry. For me, for me. Um, uh, yeah, you don't understand your own podcast at all. No, but totally. Like, yeah, take the reins. I I was on a on an email thread like a few years ago. Maria Bamford emailed like a handful of show producers mm-hmm. and friends about this comic from Minneapolis that was moving to town, and she was like. Welcome this person to L.A., please. They're very funny. Uh, give them any advice you have on Hollywood. Hmm. And everyone chimed in. It was like 20 people. And then Maria gave the final piece of advice. And she was like, she was like, great advice, everyone. Thank you so much. Here's my advice. Take breaks. Take so many breaks. Hollywood can wait. Don't disappear. But if you need to go away for six months or just hang out with your dogs or your family, do that so you stay sane. And I read that and I was like, wow. Yeah. I'm so happy I'm on this email thread right now. <laughs> that was very, very helpful. That That's really good. Yeah. It's, it's, that's almost like it's, I want to say it, it's like, brave but i don't want to say brave but it's just like you don't hear that advice no ever you hear go 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 someone's going faster than you yeah. so you need to go fast the idea of stopping and stand up like i've had it happen where it's yeah. like suddenly you feel like everyone's like i thought you left town yeah that happened at the beginning when i moved here you know it's like i did for a little bit to just go do some road work and then i came back and people were like oh we thought you gave up wow i was like oh god and that put like the fear of god in me you know for i've actually had the opposite happen where i've gone away for three months and come back and seen someone and uh they had no idea i was gone uh which is (laughs) it was my wife maybe worse (laughs) it was me my wife (laughs) how many comedy wives do you have? <laughs> I love oh, that. I just fake, got, fake comedy wife. I just have the one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hampton, how do you feel about our Florence Lawrence episode? I like it. I love it. I want more of it. Wow. Okay. Well, let's do her again next week. <laughs> yeah. The B-side. We talk about her afterlife. Things get crazy when Florence Lawrence meets Cleopatra. <laughs> Wait. What? Uh, should we do a, a like a famous one next week? Oh, big, I don't know, man. Like, um, I want you to select. You want me to pick? Yeah, let's we'll right. go back and forth. Uh, okay. Like that, I brought you one. I'll let. I kind of was blurring the lines because we said no, like uh, big celeb ones, you know. Initially, I don't know. And but I that's, was like, no, not everyone knows her. Yeah, exactly. So I thought, I thought I got away with it, and uh, I'll let you use your discretion. Ah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'll do Sylvia Plath. <laughs> I'm so. I don't even know much about her. Are you teasing Plath right now? I maybe. You're teasing Plath. Well, we're gonna do Plath. I honestly don't know a ton about her, so I would love to hear something. Okay. Well, Hampton, I love you. <laughs> I'm inspired by you. Uh, you create a new uh, dream for me every day. I can't wait for the sex we're about to have. <laughs> oh, yeah. We have sex after every episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's seal the deal. Make sure to email us buddies, buddies, buddies at gmail.com if you want to suggest a suicide. And that is a sentence I love to say. <laughs> and that. 
is the show. Thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. We appreciate you and we care about you. So if you are ever having suicidal thoughts, we do take it seriously and we would prefer that you go get help. Please call the number 1-800-273-TALK right now if you can. They're great. They will help. Suicide is not your only option. You are cared for. And thank you for listening. And see you on the next Suicide Buddies. Suicide Buddies.